Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the risen one, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our good shepherd. Amen. One of these days of uh, college graduations, uh, it occurred to me that one of the highlights of my own uh, college life was the morning uh, that I spent with one of the greatest, if not the greatest, voice actors ever. And that was a man by the name of Mel Blanc. Uh, who millions of people uh, recognize, uh, not so much for his appearance, uh, but by the voices of famous cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny, and Daffy Duck, and Porky Pig, and Tweety Bird, all Mel Blanc. He was uh, Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. He was Foghorn Leghorn, Yosemite Sam. He was Speedy Gonzalez which I assume to be the favorite of our new associate pastor, Nick Gonzalez. <laughs> I grew up watching all of them. And then in his later years, uh, Mel Blanc uh, began to lecture at colleges, including the University of Pittsburgh, uh, where my friend Mike and I, for some reason, were chosen to meet him at a hotel the next morning, have breakfast with him, just the three of us, and then drive him back to the airport for his flight back to Hollywood. It was an amazing day in my life. And, and I can tell you, he was the sweetest guy. Just a wonderful presence. And uh, I remember how delighted the waitress was when he ordered his omelet in Tweety Bird's voice. I still have the picture that you know, was taken with the two of us. I still have his autograph hanging on the wall of my study back at home. Mel Blanc died in 1989 and his grave marker identifies him as a man of a thousand voices, all under the banner, that's all folks. <laughs> now that you know that about me, maybe I'll get a little more respect around here. <laughs> And now that you know that about him, you know that all of those different voices were actually the one voice of Mel Blanc. Uh, well, today, uh, thousands of churches of all denominations all around the world are celebrating a day that has come to be known as Good Shepherd Sunday, which happens every year during the fourth week of Easter. And it reintroduces us to images of Jesus as a shepherd who cares for his flock. And even though we don't live in the agrarian society that those first century listeners would have lived in and would have made that a very vivid image for them, it's still a very powerful metaphor for us. And it points us to things like the 23rd Psalm, to some of the hymns that we sing, to artwork in which Christ the Good Shepherd is depicted, and to things that we actually know about real life sheep, like the fact that while they really aren't the smartest, strongest, bravest, or most independent animals on this earth. They do like to be led. In fact, sheep refuse to be driven. Or as one cattle rancher whose article I read and looked up said, we push cows, but we lead sheep. And sheep like to be led by a good shepherd who will go ahead of them, in front of them, will guard them, 
and protect them because they aren't the bravest, they aren't the strongest. And they will take them to green pastures and to fresh waters, which is still just a beautiful image for the relationship that he wants to have with 21st century sheep like us. And while there are other passages in scripture that certainly go into much greater detail about the role of a shepherd, the function of a shepherd, and his relationship with the flock of sheep, while the uh, Old Testament refers to kings and people in authority as shepherds over their people who they care for, which explains hymns like the king of love my shepherd is, which is important to remember. Today's passage from John chapter 10 zeroes in on one very individual, one very specific aspect of the sheep-shepherd relationship, and that has to do with what it means to hear, to recognize, to listen, and to follow the shepherd's voice. And what I mean by that is that when Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, he was talking about an experience that they would have immediately understood, but that I never experienced in my life until our first trip to the Holy Land when we visited uh, the pastures around the, the town of Bethlehem. And we saw how or even three flocks of sheep could come together and they mingle with each other on the same pasture, on the same field. After which, the shepherds will stand on opposite corners of that field and they will call their sheep. And the sheep will sort themselves out and they will go back to their individual shepherds. So that sheep don't have to be branded, they don't have to be marked because you can tell what sheep goes to what shepherd simply by the shepherd's voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. But as beautiful as that image is, especially on a day like today, Good Shepherd Sunday, Mother's Day, and the whole smash, it turns out uh, that there's a twist in this passage today that really gives it a good bit of, of conflict and of tension. And uh, it causes us to see it just a little bit differently. And it has to do with who Jesus was actually talking to when he said those beautiful words and the context in which he was saying them. And, and normally on days like this, we sort of skip over that part. But today I want to highlight it this time around. It all happens... As you heard in the passage on uh, the day of uh, the feast or the festival of the dedication, which you may not be very familiar with because the festival of the dedication is not in the Old Testament. You will not find it there. And that is because the uh, feast or the festival of dedication uh, began during what is known as the intertestamental period. In other words, there was a 400-year period of time between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And it was during that period of time that a Syrian king, whose name was Antiochus, uh, who was known as kind of a narcissistic, uh, self-important madman. I'm getting affirmation from the comfort dogs of the congregation. <laughs> he invaded Jerusalem. And then he added insult to injury on top of that invasion because he desecrated the temple, Solomon's temple. And he did it, of all things, by slaughtering a pig in the Holy of Holies. 
and then erecting a statue of Zeus in place of the altar. Well, as you can imagine, that resulted in a revolt. It was an uprising, and it was led by a warrior whose name was Judas Maccabeus, who took back Jerusalem. And then he liberated the temple. He renovated the temple, and then he rededicated the temple on the 25th day of Kislev on the Hebrew calendar, after which there would be an annual celebration of dedication, which in Hebrew is the word Hanukkah, which may be a little more familiar to some of you. So that every year to this day, the Feast of Dedication or Hanukkah is celebrated beginning on the 25th day of Kislev, which corresponds to a November-December time frame on our Gregorian uh, calendars. And that's why John also throws in these details that it was winter and that Jesus was walking in the portico of Solomon, which was a covered area of the temple complex held up by these large pillars, probably just to get out of the weather because uh, winters in Jerusalem occasionally include snow, but more often there's kind of a damp, cold rain, you know, maybe not unlike today, except a little bit cooler. And the reason that I explain all of this to you is that it was this feast of dedication, this festival of lights, this Hanukkah, that the religious leaders known as the Pharisees used in order to ask Jesus this question about whether or not he was really the Messiah. Now, you know, I like it when people ask questions about Jesus. But in this case, this question illustrates just the depth of their hypocrisy. Because these are the people who already knew who Jesus claimed to be. And they already had to tried to have him arrested and actually killed on more than one occasion prior to this in the Gospel of John. And so what they're doing is they're using this great festival to which thousands of people had come to the city of Jerusalem in order to get Jesus to publicly say something that was so blasphemous that the crowds of people would be manipulated to turn against him and that would result in his arrest and ultimately his destruction. They were using a celebration that ironically had to do with freedom and liberation to destroy the one who came to bring liberation and freedom to his people. And that's the context for Jesus' response to their question when he says to them, you know, I've already told you and you don't believe it because you are not of my sheep. You are not part of my flock. I am not your shepherd. I am not your king, at least not in your minds. And then comes that beautiful verse that we so often quote all the way out of context. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and I follow them. They follow me and I give them liberation. I give them freedom. I am their temple. I give to them eternal life. And what I want you to see about this is that these beautiful words, which we read at funerals and we set to music and we express in art, were actually part of a great confrontation between our good shepherd 
and those who opposed him and those who would hear his voice and follow him. And with that in mind, you know, I'd like to invite you to just think about a, a few things today as you consider what it means for you to hear that shepherd's voice and to follow him in your generation. First of all, I would invite you to think about all the voices that you hear in this world. And because we live on this great big field and we are all mingled together on this one pasture called earth. And it's on this pasture that there are so many voices and they're calling us to follow them and to, and to join with them. And you know, there, there is that voice of self-promotion calling us to, you know, just, just to go out and, and live, just live for, for you and not worry about, you know, investing in your spiritual life or in the kingdom of God or the mission of the church because that's, that's just a joke. There's a voice of secularization and it's getting louder and louder in our land, in our culture that we live. And that voice will say to you, do your thing on the Lord's day and don't worry about it because it's okay to believe in good but not in God. You're going to listen to those voices? They're the voices of prejudice. They're voices of bigotry. There are voices that demean people, that put people down, that even may cause you to feel inferior in one way or another. You're going to listen to voices like that? Is that going to be what guides you, leads you in your life? All of which is to say that if you listen to his voice and follow him, then there's no easy way of saying that you're going to have to confront all those other voices. And you're going to have to stop listening to them. I'd also encourage you today, especially on a day like this, to think about the voices for which you are so thankful. Because they may sound like many different voices, but they all originate in the voice of that shepherd numbering you in his flock, calling you by name, inviting you to follow him. You know, maybe it's the voice of your mother. You know, the one who called you for supper and called you to faith and taught you right from wrong. And she told you that she loved you and that Jesus loved you. Maybe it's the voice of somebody right here at, at St. Andrew. Maybe it's the voice of a friend of yours. About two months from now, a new voice is coming to St. Andrew as we welcome a brand new shepherd who's just getting started. And as we celebrate the festival of his dedication to Jesus Christ and to his word and to his mission here in partnership with our congregation. And third, I want to invite you to just think a little bit about, you know, what do we mean for you? in some relationship that you have, to be that voice for somebody else who's wandering on this pasture, who needs to know that they have a place in the heart of the Good Shepherd and in the flock that bears his name. Last Sunday uh, afternoon after our three services, I taught uh, a class called Faith Walk for about four and a half hours for a group of people who are considering membership here at St. Andrew. And, uh, and at the beginning, I asked them to uh, go around and just tell us, you know, how, how'd you hear about us? How did, how did you get here? 
in the first place? And, and there were a variety of different answers. One person uh, said that, you know, it, it was a friend who, who said, you know, hey, you need to go there. And, and so they did. Another person happens to be a teacher and actually heard about us from a student, a young student. And on the basis of the student's words, that teacher and that family came here, and here they are. And then get this, another person said that she came to the blood drive that was going on on a Sunday morning, and she gave a pint of blood. And as she was leaving the blood drive, it just so happened that it was at the same time that, that the service was getting out. And she said, I heard all those voices of all those people. You know, and it was so energetic and it was so loud that I decided, you know, I want to come here and check this out. And now she, here she is because she heard all of your voices together. You weren't even trying. And yet, your voices were activating the faith of another person who has come to be part of our church family. So you don't know what voice God is going to use to bring another person to him and to write that name in his book of life. It could be any voice. It could be a thousand voices. It could even be your voice. And so God bless you today with the grace to hear to recognize, to follow the one who leads you, who goes in front of you, who guards you, who protects you, who loves you, who gives you refreshment, who makes a way for you, and who gives you the gift of his presence all the way to eternal liberation, eternal freedom, eternal life in this earthly journey called the world until that's all, folks. And we are one with the Good Shepherd in the glory of Easter in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I invite you to rise as we confess our faith together.